I welcome you to Central Moments again as we walk through the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, I always think about going to church when I read the first two verses of chapter 5. And uh, in, in these uh, verses, uh, it begins this way. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And what, what way do we guard our steps? We're going to talk about our attitude. Do we go in a cocky way or do we go in a humble way? Uh, do, do we go, I'm going to church, God, to tell you everything you ought to do for me? Or are we going in this humble reverence for the awesome God that he is? So he said, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. And in scripture, the sacrifice of fools is always somewhat associated with talking too much. Just shooting your mouth off. Just saying what's ever on your mind. You know, people say to me, I just want to give you a piece of my mind. You know, I, sometimes I'd say I'd prefer not to have a piece of your mind. And we can be very honest with God. I mean, you can tell him honestly how you feel, what you think. It's safe to be honest with God. We always do it reverently and respectfully, but it's safe to be honest with him. But there is also a place where we can lose our reverence for God just because we're just shooting our mouths off all the time. We're just giving God a piece of our mind. And it's, it's like we've almost shift, switched places with God. He said, make your needs known. He said, bring your prayer request to me. Call to me and I will answer you. But that's different than just than what he calls here the sacrifice of fools when we go to the house of the Lord. He said, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. And then he builds on this in the next verse. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. Don't be too hasty. Because God is in heaven and you're on earth, so let your words be few. Wow, that's quite a verse. Look, you ought to come with this reverence. Look, you don't see the whole picture. I mean, often it's very true. We can't see the forest for the trees. We are on earth. Our perspective is limited. But he is the sovereign God who sees the forest. He sees the beginning from the end. God's in heaven and you're on earth. So keep your mouth shut is what he's basically saying. I mean, let, let, let's just be careful that we don't lose that reverence for God's sovereignty and his authority. But rather we come humbly and that we don't try to change places with God. You know, we do a lousy job trying to be God ourselves. And often we think we can do a better job being, uh, being God than he can. But this always will come back and bite us. And then, and then in chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes, verse 11, he kind of hits at the same issue, but in a little broader way. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. That sounds awfully fatalistic. And, and doesn't the scripture say, you know, like in the Proverbs, you know, the house of the diligent is filled with God's provisions. I mean, is he saying, you know, you work hard or you don't work hard, big deal, you're just subject to fatalism and chance. Well, he's not saying that. His purpose here is to say that when we come and see God's sovereignty in the big picture in our lives, the idea that we're in control is an illusion. Yes, we are to work hard. Yes, we are to be responsible with what we can do so that our families are taken care of and uh, we get education so we can get more career opportunities and serve God with those things. Those are fine. But, but he's saying there's something beyond that. 
there's a myth of being in control that needs to be shattered because time and chance happen to them all. There's a sovereign God over all of that. But control is an illusion. This idea that I've got, I've got this. No, don't worry, I've got this. I've got life. I've got this God. You stay out. I'm going to be God for a while. He said that's an illusion. Moreover, nobody in verse 12 knows when their hour will come. As fish caught in a cruel net or birds taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly on them. We live in a messy, hard world. But here's what Paul said in the New Testament. But I'm confident of this. What can we be confident about? That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I can't control a lot of things, and I don't want to pretend to, un to be God and understand what he alone understands. But all I know is this. He's able to finish what he started in my life when Jesus is at the center. So, Lord, we praise you for that. We thank you. You're sovereign. Forgive us for just talking too much. Forgive us for just trying to be God. And may we just submit to you and trust you today. Thank you. You're going to finish what you've started in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.